God made man, but he used the monkey to do it. Apes in the plan, we're all here to prove it. I can walk like an ape, I can talk like an ape, I can do what monkeys do. Well, God made man, but a monkey supplied the groove. Hey, what's up, monkeys? Uncle Silverback here. You're listening to the Arm Date Podcast, and today is Saturday. It's the 5th of March, 2011. On today's show, we got some reviews for you, and as always, I'm going to chime in with uh, my comments after each review. We're going to hear from Ken. We got an email from uh, Jens, our friend over in Germany, and uh, we also got probably going to hear a review from Eric and also maybe from Brad today. Uh, The show may run a little bit longer than normal, but, eh, it's a podcast, so who cares? Let me take a little drinky here. Ah, that's good stuff. Now, uh, let's see, what else did I want? Oh, let's go ahead and do our contact info, uh, and uh, before we do that, though, uh, the last couple of shows I asked for some people to go over to iTunes and leave a review, and uh, I had one guy do that which I was very grateful for, and I think some other people maybe uh, went over and rated it. If you could, though, uh, I'd ask you to go over to iTunes and uh, just leave a, a written review, even if it's a, just a, a thing that says, hey, I like it, um, you know, or give this give this show a chance or something like that, or give it a listen. It doesn't have to be a real long review. It can be a real short one, but the more, of course, the more we get, um, the more uh, hopefully other people will come to it, and eventually, the more input and more involvement we can get from other people out there uh, doing reviews for us and helping us out with recommendations and things like that. So I'd like to thank John from Arlington, Texas. Thanks for the review. I appreciate it. And uh, if you want to contact me, there's a couple of different ways you can do so. You can uh, either send a uh, send an email, which is going to be at thearmdape at gmail.com, and I can read that out for you. Or if you want to attach a WAV file or an MP3 file, uh, I can always um, get those and drop those into the show for you. Uh, like I said before, if you're wanting to do a review, don't worry about what it is. Uh, anything you want to do it on is fine. Uh, what I do like to do is just so that there, if you're reviewing a product, um, just so that there's a little bit of consistency and we kind of can all stay on the same page. I, I have about five things that I like to cover, five uh, categories, so to speak. And the first, the first one is, is kind of like the most important thing is, is what is this thing designed to do? Number two, how well does it do that thing? Uh, number three, what are the cons of it? So what are its shortcomings? Number four, if this would be possible, what modifications would you like to see made from the manufacturer? Uh, And then number five, did you do any modifications to it yourself? And if you did do those modifications, did it make it better? Did it make it worse? Did it turn out like you you thought it was going to? Uh, So anyway, if you want to, you can uh, can send those things in to me. And uh, again, that email is thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, or you can uh, call the voicemail. We have a voicemail, which is 206-339-3266, 
And if you need to leave a couple of messages or two or three messages with them, that's fine. I can always splice that stuff together for the show. Uh, let's see if there's anything else I've forgotten about the contact stuff. Um, I don't think so. I think that's about it. Uh, you can, uh, again, if you want to subscribe, uh, you can, of course, do it through iTunes or you can even do it through the RSS feed over at the website. Um, speaking of the website, uh, that's one thing I did forget. I'll beg from you guys a little bit more. I do have on both, I do, for those of you guys that maybe are new or listening for the first time, I do another podcast as well called Firearms Cafe. Um, and on both those sites, so at firearmscafe.com and on our site here at thearmedape.com, uh, I have some ads that are, once you go to the site, if you just scroll down a little bit, you'll see some ads. I'd say if you can, go over there, click on them, check them out, see if there's anything that interests you. Uh, I get a little bit of, uh, for every click that I get, I get a little bit of uh, money. It's not a lot, uh, but what it does do is it, it really does help to uh, help, def uh, what's the word I'm looking for, def uh, defray the cost, I guess, I don't know if that's a proper word, uh, of the show. So it helps pay for the hosting, it helps pay for the bandwidth, it helps pay for you know keeping the domain names and things like that. So also... If I could get enough, I'd like to get a new microphone. And I've talked about this before. Right now I'm just using a Logitech and it's a USB. The one I'm looking at getting or wanting to get, and I've, I've seen a lot of good reviews on it, it's another USB mic, but it's really, um, it's called the Rode Podcaster. And uh, from, from all the information I've been able to gather on it, it seems like it's a pretty decent one. If any of you guys out there are kind of audio heads and you sort of know, or if you think it would be a better way to do it, should I go with maybe an outside mixing board type thing? Uh, again, that you know, getting more equipment and stuff is going to be more money, so you know, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe if I could just get a little bit better microphone, it would help me actually out quite a bit. Uh, let's see. Hey, Uncle Silverback. Anyway, kind of cookies. enough about this my rose and begging and, and all that jazz. So call in and uh, let's go ahead and let's on hear from Ken. And again, he's going to be doing a review uh, fairly recently on a uh, combination of solar, um, uh, solar charger, battery, battery extender uh, case for his back. iPhone. Uh, right now, my iPhone runs down really fast, and I'm always on the lookout for something that I can use for like camping or traveling where just to make those things kind of easier. So I, uh, I picked up a cell phone uh, case for my iPhone 4, which is an extra battery. The case itself is an extra battery and a solar charger. And kind of went through some of the reviews on Amazon and looking at several magazines and ended up picking up a Neotech iPhone 4 external battery and solar charger. It ran about $39.99 plus some shipping from a company that was on Amazon. And just a little bit of, bit of the technicals. It's uh, 2,400, I think this is milliamp uh, lithium ion battery. Uh, provides about an extra, when it's fully charged, it provides about an extra five to six hours of talk time um, or five days extra of standby time. It can be charged all the way up in about three hours by using, by plugging into the wall or from a USB port on a uh, computer. 
And it can also get fully charged from about 10 hours of sunlight, which is really cool. So that's kind of why I picked it up and um, also wanted to do a review for it on the Armed Ape was because, you know, we're always kind of looking for extra pieces of camping gear and um, sort of, you know, it almost fits into a, a quasi-survival piece of gear in my mind. Because um, one of the one of the other cool breakdowns is one hour of sunlight, actual sunlight, will provide about a half hour of talk time. So you get about a, uh, I guess that's a two-to-one ratio on the uh, sun to talk time. And if you're using text, it obviously kind of relates to a little bit more more time. Um, so let's get on to how well does it do it so far. I think it does a really well job. Uh, it's sort of unleashed me from being tethered to the wall so much. Um, where I'm at right now, I have pretty limited hours of when I can actually charge my phone, which can lead to some um, you know, some pretty low batteries and some dead phone time on occasion. And uh, on top of that, where I seem to be seems to be a bad spot for um, the carrier that I'm with. And my phone battery seems to drain about at least twice as fast as it does when I'm home in Colorado. Um, so I needed to kind of pick up something to help me along through. And I think this has done a pretty good job. What I usually do is I ch charge both the battery case and the phone separately at the same time. Uh, so that I can kind of charge with the maximum amount of juice for my time to use later on. Like say, for example, I, if I only have like 20 minutes to charge, I plug both the phone and the battery case in at the same time separately. And when I have to go, I throw the phone in the case and then I continue to charge the phone from the case. So therefore, I basically double my charge time. So it's done a pretty good job so far that way. I've only really got to charge it from the sun on a couple of occasions, but that seemed to work really well. There was a day where we were out all day and it was a, a place where I could actually have my phone on me and we were standing out in the sun for quite a while, so I broke it out, let it charge, and it kept me from having a, a dead battery by the time I got back to where I could charge my phone again. So that came in really handy. And I'm thinking when I finally get a chance to go camping or something that on my own, then it'll come in really handy where I won't, I basically won't need to charge it in the wall at all as long as I can let it get a good amount of sunlight throughout the day. Uh, I'll still be able to um, use most of its functions because I, I know I use my my iPhone for as a phone or for text or the internet, but also for, you know, its navigation capabilities, the compass or, you know, a number of other things. I don't want this to be a, an iPhone commercial, but there, I have so many things on my phone that are, that are good utilities for, for just about anything from, you know, I have book, books, eBooks on my phone and listen to all my podcasts from it. And, so the extra juice really uh, really comes in handy. Uh, let's see. So what 
doesn't it do well? Well, there's a couple of issues I've run in so far with the phone. And uh, I think I'll continue with those after I call back. I don't want this to run over. So I'll call right back. Hey, this is Ken from Colorado again for, uh, I guess, part two of my mini review of my iPhone case. And so we started talking about uh, what it doesn't do well. I've run into a couple little issues so far, but nothing, you know, too too drastic. Uh, one is that I noticed when I have the phone plugged into the case and I'm charging directly from its port to the wall or my computer, the touchpad kind of goes crazy. I can't really use the touchpad. It's um, hard to describe, but basically anywhere you touch, it it doesn't seem like it, it handles it well. It, it acts as if you're touching somewhere else, or uh, it just starts randomly scrolling through things. And so it doesn't work well when you have the phone in the case and it's directly plugged in at that point, charging the phone through the through the case and the wall or, you know, electrical outlet. Um, so that's kind of a pain. Uh, but like I said, I usually charge the phone and the uh, case separately. So that doesn't seem to be too big of an issue. Or, you know, alternatively, I can leave it in the case, charge it there, but I just don't really use it. Uh, the other issue is more of a design issue, and I'm not sure that it's that big a deal, but... Um, I guess that would be one of the things I'd like to see the manufacturer change, and that's that the case isn't very protective. Um, basically, in the entire front and the sides of the top part of the case are all completely exposed. So if you were to drop it on the face or the top or the side, I'm not sure how much protection it would really provide. It does provide some from the bottom and the back, um, although I don't know that I really want to test this case. Like, the, the back is is the solar panel, so that seems like that could get damaged by a good drop itself. So I realize it would probably add a little bit of bulk, but it would be nice if there was a little bit more protection on the front and the, and the uh, top of the case, um, more of an enclosure like a lot of other phone cases. Uh, my last case for the phone was an OtterBox, and that one actually ended up being a little bit disappointing. Uh, I forget which model I had, but it had a, a clip for the belt, like a little holster for the phone, and after using that about 10 times, the clip broke, and the, the um, jack for the headphones sort of drilled through the plastic in the wrong spot, and the quality just wasn't what I expected from OtterBox. So I ended up going with this case instead. And been happy so far. Like I said, the only thing I'd like to see the manufacturer change is maybe make it a little bit more protective. Um, and one other issue I did run into and probably should have expected, but I'm not really an electrician and I don't have a lot of experience with solar panels. Um, but I was thinking that this thing would charge a little bit more from artificial light than it does. 
but I guess it really does need sunlight, this um, extra powerful lumens to to charge successfully. I don't know that. I don't think it really charges from artificial light at all. Uh, I can place the wind charge through the glass, but just artificial light just basically doesn't do anything. And sort of in that way. Anyway, hope uh, that's of use to somebody out there, and I will talk to you all later. Take care. All right, Ken, thanks for that. Ken is a good friend of the show, and uh, we're going to be hearing from him again soon, I hope. Uh, it did kind of break up a little bit there at the end, um, but it, I don't think it did anything that affected the, the review that he did. Uh, so anyway, kind of speaking of Ken, on uh, Facebook, the last couple of things I saw, he had one of the things was he had posted a photo, and it looked like it was the shot of a back of it, you know, from the from you looking out, you know, like the back of an ambulance. And uh, he was saying that he was going to have to go to the hospital. And I didn't know at first whether that was a joke or not. I uh, went on there today and looked, and I saw there was something from his wife that was saying that he was being uh, held for observation, but that, uh, but that he's, it's not, there's no, it's not for surgery. Uh, they were just holding him for observation, uh, but he's fine though. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. Uh, just know, Ken, uh, you know, if you get a chance to hear this, that we're all pulling for you. And I uh, hope you uh, recover quick. So uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, now, kind of getting back to what Ken was saying about, um, you know, having that, that case. It sounds like something that's really cool. I don't have an iPhone. I just have like a cheapy LG phone. I do have the iPad or iPod Touch. I wish I had an iPad, but those are a little too pricey for me. Um, but like everything else, you know, economies of scale, eventually they will come down in price. Uh, also I've noticed a bunch of other people have kind of like Motorola and some other things have started copying them already. Um, so anyway, uh, one of the, I'll put a link up, um, to what he was talking about, which is Neotech, which is N-E-O-T-E-K. And uh, you can type that into Amazon, and it'll pop up what he's what he's been talking about. Um, I have a solar charger. I have one of those Solio chargers, and uh, I may, I'll do a, probably a, a more of a review, an actual full fledged review on it a little bit later. Suffice it to say that it works pretty well. The version that I had was the classic, and uh, you can either charge it on in, through a USB on your computer. You can charge it from the wall, or you can charge it from the sun. And with that iPad, um, charging it up, I found that uh, I got about two and a half, almost three full charges off of it before it would it would go down to where it wouldn't work too good. As far as putting it in the sun, a lot of the solar things are a little temperamental. You have to be able to... Um, it really needs to be at kind of at, at, at a optimum angle and all that stuff. At least this is my experience that I had with, with things like that. Um, but it does work. I was able to go from kind of like a, a real low charge up to about probably, oh, over the course of, of, uh, of a day. But I wasn't really out there moving it around. I just had kind of stuck it out there. So I'll need to do some little bit better experiments on that. 
but I was able to to charge it up to um, oh, about four blinks or whatever it is. Like Ken was saying on his that when you when you're charging it, um, you can press the button and it, and the light will blink. And if it blinks five times, it's fully charged. If it blinks, you know, four times, it's seventy five percent or whatever. Anyway. I was able on mine to get it to charge up, but I didn't get it to charge up all the way. Um, the thing that's neat about those those type of devices is it does primarily act as a uh, an extra battery and it gives you extra juice. Now with the Solio, what's nice is you can charge it and then just throw it in your bag. And I've taken it camping and done this. And you can throw it in your bag. It doesn't take up much weight. And what you can do is then if your battery on your on your phone goes down or if your battery on your iPad goes down or iPod excuse me uh, goes down then you've got extra juice for it so you can either charge it up or you can kind of run it off of it like a battery and uh, on the Solio you have different um, adapters that will go into and plug into your device so there's one for LG which is what my phone is uh, and then I it the adapter that was the USB adapter, which is how the uh, the iPad or the i damn it, <laughs> can you tell I'd like to have an iPad? The iPod Touch, how it charges, is you have a, a USB little connector thing um, that comes with it, just so you can either charge it off your computer, or you can charge it, you know, off a wall socket. And the way that the Solio works is you, it's got a USB adapter, and then you can take that actual Apple cord that is your charger and then you can plug that into your thing. Well, probably about 80% of the time it wouldn't work. It would say that the device didn't recognize the charger. So what I had and you could turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on and then sometimes for whatever reason it would boot up and then it would take the charge and it would do it. Uh, but it was real unreliable. They make a, uh, a special piece or adapter piece that goes into the Solio specifically for uh, iPods and, and the touches and things like that. And it, it was kind of hard to find. It took me, uh, I ended up in, eventually, excuse me, ended up getting it off of eBay, and I think it was like $10, and it was free shipping. Uh, and it worked, you know, or it was a little hesitant, but it worked fine. I figured, well, heck, if it's $10, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, and the reason I got it off of eBay is every site that I went to to get this adapter they were at the time, and I don't know, I haven't checked back to see, but at the time, everything was out of stock. So they had it, um, you know, it was they would, they would show it as being on their website, and then you'd go to order it, and it would say out of stock, you know. And I I tried the Apple Store. Um, some of them, you know, said that they don't make it anymore. So, you know, if you're getting those, that may be a thing, too. Um, but you know, with, with, uh, like I said, I was able to find it off of eBay. And in fact, I'm going to go in there right now and, uh, and check and see if there's, uh, if there's any on there right now. So and, uh, we'll see if it's on there. This is riveting stuff, I know. Uh, let's see. We'll do Solio. I'm going to search Solio iPod. We'll see what it does. 
Yeah, I don't know. And I'm only, it's coming up like different chargers and stuff, but it's not the uh, the adapter piece. So anyway, like I said, they're kind of hard to find. Um, and uh, but I like I like the thing. And there's like I said, I'll, you know what? I'll do a, I'll do a uh, a a different review for it uh, a little bit later. So um, a lot of times you can you just kind of uh, just for kind of uh, information, you know, information only type thing, you can pick them up online sometimes for around oh, oh, probably thirty, forty dollars. I think I, I I paid with shipping with mine. Um, I think I paid about forty, forty five dollars or something, which I didn't think was bad. I think brand new. If you're looking at some of the classics. At the time when I was looking at them, they were caught. They cost around uh, sixty or seventy bucks. Uh, but a lot of times you can you can find them on uh, eBay for around forty five bucks with free shipping, and it'll usually come with all the what they'll call the tips and all that stuff. So, but like I said, I'll do a uh, I'll do a, a little bit more of a full review on that maybe next show. Uh, anyway, so thanks Ken for sending that in. We hope you're feeling better. Hope everything's going well for you. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Let's go ahead and let's uh, drop in Eric's review. And he's got a movie review for us. Hey, Tony. This is Eric with another movie review for the Arm Day podcast. I thought it was kind of funny that last podcast I downloaded, listened to, you mentioned being a little bit of an anime fan, which is kind of funny. The movie I downloaded, or, or rather got from Netflix, is Steam Boy, and I uh, wanted to talk about that. Steam Boy came out in 2004. It was 10 years in the making. Most expensive Japanese animated movie to date. Uh, it was directed by the curator of... Uh, either Akira or Akira, depending on how you want to say it, Katsuhiro Otomo, who apparently has gone from cyberpunk to steampunk. It was also only his second feature. So it, I was really excited to see it because, let's face it, Akira is probably the number one anime uh, of, of all time, in my opinion. I don't think that you can showcase a more perfect display and I'm really into steampunk. I thought that was kind of cool, so I was very excited about this. And it is beautiful design throughout. The the gadgets, the gizmos, the art, it is absolute steampunky goodness. You can see something in the art design with the characters. You can kind of connect it and, and see some similarities. Uh, if you like Patrick Stewart, he's one of the voices. There's There's a lot to like, and there's a very, very cool action beat in about 20 minutes, when the lead character uh, busts out with a mono wheel, this is one of those like one-wheeled motorcycles where it's a it's a large wheel and the rider is inside. Uh, sadly, the story is terrible. Um, this is one of those things where I typically call it too Japanese. It's kind of like Metal Gear Solid 2. The story just makes no damn sense. At uh, one point, basically, Patrick Stewart's character goes on a tear, saying that science is only good if it's altruistic, and pro uh, pursuit of profit corrupts scientific advancement. As if you, uh, if you want to profit, all of a sudden, no matter what you design, it is by its very nature evil. Uh, I, I can't stand bullshit like that. Um, basically, a whole bunch of war is bad, weapons are bad, weapons are all that, you know, 
uh, and what was it? Oh, eventually at one point, the London Expo, and again, steampunk, it's kind of an alternate reality, uh, looks to be about like Civil War era, like, what did they say? I think it's actually supposed to be in an alternate reality, 1936. But uh, the London Expo, where they're going to have, you know, kind of like a world fair, turns into a battleground for no real reason. Uh, it's a sales demo. <laughs> different companies basically just start doing battle, uh, displaying their wares. It's very bizarre. Um, at one point, you see that one of these steam soldiers does have a man inside it. You know, you wind up seeing the casualty. It's not graphic, but it doesn't motivate any change in the characters. It's not used as a, a poignant turning point like it could be. It's just like, oh, hey, look, and moving on. So the storytelling really, really falls flat. And eventually, uh, a flying castle, a, a steam castle, is this this huge thing, and it's for some reason either a, a wonderful scientific advancement or or a terrible thing. Then it starts walking. I mean, it's really really stupid. Uh, it's one of those things where I just don't understand why the Japanese feel like this is oh oh he's he's so wonderful. Oh no, it's so terrible. So what? It's a flying building. It's fucking retarded. Um, what's really funny is some of the equipment, you know, when it's going like hypercritical, oh my God, it's going to explode. But it's all out of steam. It's all out of energy. Uh, and if you see the movie, you'll know what I mean. I don't understand how it's going to explode if all its steam has been spent. There's nothing building any pressure. Uh, Stephen Hunter from the Washington Post says that this movie is, uh, at one point, finally says, it's simply pictures of what could have happened. It never transcends to become more than it is. And I think that's pretty a uh, pretty good definition or, or summary of it. Wonderful attention to some details. You know, uh, lenses show images upside down until another lens flips down to correct it. Uh, very cool job doing, like, rifle sights on some of these guns. Again, the steampunk, the design is beautiful, the ending tries to be epic, but uh, but it's truly underwhelming. The only thing it's epic in is being an epic fail. The end credit montage is better than the entire last hour of the movie. I would almost say watch the first 20 minutes. If you can stomach another 40 minutes, go for it. Beyond that, just give up. Read the summary on Wikipedia and then watch the, the end credits because the montage really is better than just about anything else in the movie. Very disappointed uh, because I truly wanted to love this. And hopefully somebody will hear my terrible review and they'll see the movie and say, this was wonderful. Eric's an idiot. Uh, I really hope that this is a case of my expectations simply being too high. But uh, I got to give a big old fat thumbs down to Steam Boy. I'm going to go watch Akira again. Until next time, guys, y'all take care. All right, thanks, Eric. Hey, I hope this makes you feel better. Uh, you're an idiot. Nah, just fooling. Uh, you know, I have to agree with the majority of your review. Now, it's I think this thing was released maybe here in the States. Oh, gee whiz, what? Uh, 2005, 2006, something like that. I could look it up, but I'm too lazy. Because um, I remember it was about f five years or four years or so ago that I saw the thing. Um, so I'm going off of a lot of memory. A lot of what you said about the 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 visual effects of it, so the cinematography of you, if you will, 
it's, it's beautiful. It's really well. It's well drawn. Uh, like you were saying, the gadgets and all the stuff in there is really cool. It's very you know steampunk and um, you know mechanized and all this stuff. What I remember of the story was basically there was an orb that was going to power all the steam stuff. So it was almost like a, and not that this is what they were saying that it was, but it was almost like this device was like a cold fusion device. So, and that's what all these companies wanted. Um, from what I remember of it, it is a little heavy handed. Uh, a lot of Japanese anime can be when they come to trying to, uh, you know, get a message across. Um, and I think that's where this lack or it fails. Um, I, the, the version that I watched, I watched uh, the Japanese language version with subtitles. I didn't, I uh, didn't listen. So I don't, uh, didn't listen to the English version one when I had the, uh, when I had the disc. Um, and like I said, it's been so long that I don't, the, I don't really remember too much about it. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was terrible. Uh, I think your point about that it, in some parts it's a little it's a little Japanesey, um, and some a lot of anime out there has that a little bit. Uh, it can be some of it can be. Oh, it's it's hard to describe unless you've kind of watched a lot of it. But a lot of times they, and again, I I. I I understand kind of what in my head the, what I'm trying to get across, but it's not going to come out here in the in the podcast. I don't think um, they can be kind of philosophy heavy or me- or heavy handed with the messages. Is, is kind of an oversimplification of it. But uh, again, if you've watched a lot of anime and stuff like that, and if you're a fan of anime, a lot of times you just have to um, get re- put some of that stuff aside. Not all of it does that, uh, but there is a lot of it that's in there. And, of course, it depends on what you're watching uh, animation-wise and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of times Eric and I disagree on some of the points with with some of the movies and things like that. But on this one, I think he and I are lined up pretty close. Uh, So thanks for that review, Eric. And um, while we're talking about movies a little bit, I want to talk about a movie that I just watched uh, recently. We um, we upgraded our our uh, internet speed or whatever the hell you're gonna call it. I don't know. So I was down like at the lowest tier, and at the time when we originally signed up through it with with that particular uh, provider, the fastest I could get was like 1.5 megabytes, and that was what was in our area megabytes per second. And I'm up to 12 now, and man, I tell you the difference. Um, with some of the websites, it's not that big of a difference, but everything loads so quickly, and if I'm downloading stuff or if I'm doing updates or this or that, it's it's night and day. It really is. So we've, you know, I really like that. So anyway, uh, where I really noticed a big difference was with, um, well, like I mentioned before, uh, I've got the iTouch. And my old connection was so slow that the update, the, this latest update, it would time out every time. It, would, it took so long for it to download that it would disconnect from the server, from Apple. So once we got the higher speed, I was able to get some of the updates for the uh, for the iTouch. And one of those updates, what it let me do was to do a, a Netflix application 
on there, which my other one was saying, well, you don't have the up, you didn't have the updates before with this. Well, anyway, I've got that, and with a higher speed, it's able to uh, to push over there on my stuff. And I've noticed a real big difference in watching YouTube videos, you know, wirelessly uh, on the iTouch. And also now that I've got the Netflix thing, I've been able to watch a couple of movies on there. And uh, some of you guys might say, ah, you know, how enjoyable is that? But it's it's once you start watching it and getting into it, it's really not that bad. The uh, the little screen is pretty cool. Uh, you get pretty good resolution with it. Uh, like I'd mentioned earlier, I'd really like to have an iPad because I think that would be perfect because uh, it's it's a, a little bit bigger size. But they're just so pricey right now. Uh, if they come down, or if you know, I can could find a really good deal on one. I'd get, I might get one, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'd almost, in one regard, like to get maybe a laptop or something before I would do that. Uh, but anyway, uh, kind of getting off a little bit on a tangent. Um, getting back to what I, the point that I was going to make was, I've been watching some movies streaming on my iPad through Netflix, and um, here, let me take another. <laughs> We'll take another quick aside. I'd mentioned not too long ago that for Christmas we got a big screen TV. So we upgraded our TVs, which had, I don't know, they were like, uh, well, we just upgraded one. But uh, they were like 13, 14 years old. They were the CRTs. And uh, I really like, we got a Samsung. I really like it. Um, and But I don't have a Blu-ray player yet. And I don't have any streaming devices like a Roku box or anything like that. So we're looking to get a Blu-ray player. And for me, I kind of think that that uh, most of the of the um, of the Blu-ray players that are out there now are pretty good as far as being able to actually play a disc and have it look good on your television. Uh, so I'm not so concerned with that, and I think most of them, too, can up-convert your old DVDs, and so they'll look pretty good as well. Uh, so anything that's kind of a major brand, so Sony, a Samsung, LG, things like that. The research that I've done, I, I had originally, since I have a Samsung TV, I had originally thought, well, I'll just get, a, uh, I'll just get a, a Samsung player. So I went on there and kind of did some research and, and found one that I thought was pretty good, and then I... Uh, I started digging a little deeper, and one of the things that that especially now that I've been able to do the Netflix on my on my iPod is on that Touch iPod Touch is that I really want to be able to stream those things to the TV. And uh, when I was looking at the Samsung, it was just review after review after review after review review saying. Man, this thing drops out. It was some of this, uh, you know, it, it's terrible for streaming the videos from Netflix, from YouTube, from things like that. It doesn't do very well. Um, and it, a lot of times with Sony, uh, even, you know, when you'd go and look at CNET, they would, who, who doesn't really do like these in-depth long-term reviews or anything, um, they would say stuff like, ah, you know, this, this uh, their Wi-Fi connection is a little spotty and maybe they'll have a firmware you know, thing, and, and uh, you can download that and then upload it, you know, onto there through a USB drive and all this other stuff if they fix that out. But anyway, uh, the one I was looking at, I finally uh, found some, and uh, I give a lot more stock, and that's kind of, you know, sort of some of the basis of this show is I give a, put a lot more stock into what kind of that general, the, the general public 
reviews are. So almost like a you know like a a cloud review where you've got all these different reviews from all these different people. And you could say, well, maybe two or three reviews where they're saying it's crap. Uh, you could maybe discount those. But when you get just tons of reviews that are saying the exact same thing and you get people coming on there constantly saying, man, I should have listened to this. The, the, it, it drops out. It won't work. Uh, so primarily what I want my Blu-ray player to do that I'm going to get, and I've, I've got it narrowed down. I think it's the LG 570. And um, I'm going to get that from uh, probably from Best Buy or something like that and just get the two-year plan. I know that's kind of a sucker thing to do, but I figure if it does suck, if I've got that two-year plan, I could just take it back. Because uh, if it's going to fail, it's going to probably fail within the first six months. Uh, and the two-year plan is only $20, so I figure you know, that's not that big a deal. So uh, anyway, one of the movies, all that's a long way of saying, eventually I, I want to get those for the TV because I've, I'm, I'm really sold now on being able to have that stream over to me. And uh, now that I've got the higher speed and everything. So, one of the movies that I watched, and it got kind of uh, a little bit of a, of, um, of a lower rating, which I was kind of surprised. And uh, I, I watched a movie, and it was called um, Dead Meat. Uh, so, you know, Dead, M-E-A-T. And it's kind of a, uh, it's a zombie thing, it's a zombie uh, uh, movie. And uh, it only got like about really about two and a half stars. Um, it was a movie that was released out in 2004. I'm going to pull it up here on, I've got it pulled up here on uh, um, on Netflix. And it's, uh, uh, so if you go into Netflix and just type in Dead Meat, it's uh, Fangoria's Gore Zone Dead Meat type thing. So anyway, uh, it got kind of, overall most people uh, you know, it looks like it gave it kind of um, bad reviews, but I really liked it. <laughs> I thought it was it was a lot of fun. It had some humor to it. Uh, if you and if you go in with that, um, it takes place over in uh, I think it's in Ireland. Um, and if if you go in with kind of the uh, Oh, the uh, the expectation that's just going to be kind of a fun movie. Um, the special effects, the, you know, they're not the best in the world, but they're they're good enough. And if you go in with that kind of mindset, that this is just going to be a fun movie and it's going to be fun to watch. Um, then you know you'll have a good time. Uh, basically, it 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 talks about uh, the main thing. The culprit of it is is uh, Mad Cow disease and the cows attack the people and that's how the zombie thing goes so like i said it's it's pretty good i would recommend it um i think you guys will you guys will like it if you like zombie movies and things like that all right let's jump in here and we've got a uh, review from brad so we'll go ahead and drop that in hey tony it's brad from west michigan hey, i thought i'd step out on the ledge a little bit today and do a review on some products that are, uh, you know, maybe tough for us guys to really sit down and talk about, but they're things that we all use every day, 
and we probably don't think much of them, but uh, but I think in a lot of situations, there are better products out there for us to use than what we're using today. And what I'm referring to is the stuff we use to shave our faces, our heads, and uh, do some cleaning up with. Now, I personally started shaving my head about 15 years ago when I was in my mid-20s. I'll tell you I'm about 40, a little over 40 right now. And I've been through a lot of different products for shaving the head. And I made a, I spent some pretty good quality time researching a wide variety of head shaving products. And the one that I settled on, and I'm glad I did, is something called a head blade. Now, the head blade, H-E-A-D-B-L-A-D-E, is designed specifically for guys who shave their heads, thus the name, I guess. Uh... To try to describe it's kind of difficult, but I'll give you kind of the idea on how it works. Basically, it's a it's a small, um, almost matchbox or Hot Wheels car looking kind of device. Uh, it's not really the best way to put it, I guess, but it's got like a ring on it. What you do is you slide the ring over your middle finger and you cup the thing on the inside of your hand. And instead of like a regular razor handle where you're pulling the blade, with this thing you're pushing the blade. And I got to tell you, um, you know, when I first started using it, yeah, I gouged myself a couple of times. But once I got used to it, not only could I shave in probably half the time, but the the um, the shave I was getting was exceptionally close. It was absolutely outstanding. Also, another great part about it is the cost of the blades that I use. Now, I use Gillette um, Atra plus blades. They're a double blade. And you can get these things everywhere. They're a lot less expensive than the new quads and all these other fancy blades that they're coming out with. Plus, for some weird reason, they last a lot longer for me. I used to go through Mach 3s. Like, uh, I used to get two really good shaves out of a, out of a Mach 3. But with the Atras, I, I bet I get, I bet I do a blade a week. I might do two blades a week, but usually about a blade a week. They last a good long time. Plus, you could pick them up on eBay for next to nothing. Um, so that's the head blade. It's a fantastic little device. Take your time if you are planning on using one. Start off slow. Get used to how it feels. But once you get the hang of it, trust me, you'll love it. If you shave your head, this thing's a godsend. Now, Headblade also makes a couple of uh, some other products too. One I'll quickly mention is they make a travel, um, they make a travel shaver for your um, handle for your face. You know, just for shaving your face. This thing folds in half so it can uh, stow away in kind of a nice small little uh, <clears throat> uh, bundle there, and you can store like two or three razor blades inside this thing. And it's a pretty slick little device. It's not expensive. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, they make some shaving creams and some other stuff too. Now, the two things that I swear by that I absolutely uh, don't want to be without. The first one is an exfoliating scrub. It's the uh, it's called a Head Shed H E A D S H E D. It's their exfoliating scrub. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I use it on my on my head prior to shaving. Um, it exfoliates dead skin off and it gets my stubble. Um, my hair stubbled, just nice and prepped and ready for a nice clean shave. I really like it. 
And then for my shaving cream, I use Head Slick, um, mentholated shave cream. This Head Slick stuff, and again, these these are all from uh, the same company that makes head, head blades. This Head Slick stuff is absolutely outstanding. It's the best shaving cream I've ever used in my life. Um, it lubricates exceptionally well. It's more like a gel. It doesn't lather up a whole lot. Um, but it rinses off the blade really, really easily and really nice so that it gives you a good, clean blade. Uh, it doesn't build up, which is nice. And I found some other shave creams tend to do that. Um, I just, I, I think the stuff, and it just, and it just moisturizes. It does a great job on, on both my face and my head after I shave. So those three things, or those four things, I guess you could say from Headblade, I really, really uh, highly recommend. Typical colors you'll see are yellow and black is kind of their company colors. You can find some of this stuff at Walgreens, at Walmart. Like the head slick and the head blade itself, you can find those uh, at your local places. You're probably going to have to go online and order the the head shed. Um, I've never seen that in a local store. Then the only other thing that I wanted to mention that I really, really like to, and I bought this on drugstore.com. Uh, I have not seen this stuff locally either. It's from a company called Every Every Man Jack, E-V-E-R-Y, Man Jack, J-A-C-K. And it is an exfoliating face scrub. comes in like a blue, um, like a large toothpaste, kind of a squeeze bottle. Stuff is awesome. It, it um, cleans your face really, really well, but it doesn't leave it dry, like using bar soap or something. And I've got to tell you, up here in the North States, when it's cold out during the wintertime and the air is real dry, my skin has a tan- tendency to get really, really dry. And this stuff does a fantastic job, but it doesn't dry my face out to the point where, you know, where it starts cracking and hurts and everything. So really highly recommend Everyman Jack face scrub, too. That's what I got for you today. I hope uh, if anybody out there is a head shaver and they uh, are looking for something new to try, highly recommend any of the products from Headblade. They're a great company. All right, Tony, thanks. I appreciate your time. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Brad, thanks for that. That's a pretty cool review. Um, I use, I usually, when I cut my hair, I usually keep it super, super short. And what I what my wife does for me is we bought a pair of just El Cheapo hair clippers. It's uh, Oster or something, I think that's the brand name that we have. Anyway, we bought those, I can't even remember how many years ago. Um, it started when I was starting to uh, keep my hair real short. And since I wasn't going in and getting a fancy haircut or a style, it didn't make sense to me to pay 10 to $12 or $14 at the time uh, to go into a place even like a Supercuts or something like that and have them cut my hair for me when basically all they were doing was just shaving it you know, with the blade, well, not with the blade, but with the, the, the clippers, the electric clippers. And I went and got one out of, uh, probably at Walmart or someplace like that. I don't even remember where we got it, either Walmart or Target, one of those two. And, uh, I think they were at the time were 14 or $15. So at the time it was like, well, if I, uh, cut my hair myself once then it's pretty much it's paid for itself so even if i if i do it and it doesn't really do what i want it to do uh, then i'm you know it, it's not that big a deal but what we found was 
was that by using the clippers and everything, man, it's, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not, like I said, it's not a fancy style or anything, so I got just the same deal. I've shaved my head kind of a couple of times, and what I did was I just used uh, just regular old kind of shaving cream, and I think I had a Gillette, uh, oh, what do they call it, Mach 3 or something, and uh, it, it's not, you do have to kind of get the hang of it a little bit, um, but usually with the clippers, it gets so close that for me, eh, I don't really shave my head that much. Um, like, like I said, I can just use the clippers, uh, but it does look, uh, look pretty cool. What I'll do is I'll put a couple of links into there, uh, for that stuff, for that, um, uh, the head blade. I'll put a thing for that, for that every man jack. Now, what he was talking about was, and I have this problem on, more on my neck, than so much on my face, but I have, I get a lot of uh, razor burn or razor rash, you know, down on the neck. I have a little bit more sensitive skin there. Uh, so um, one of the things that, that I tend to do is uh, I'll either do it right after I shower or I'll take a real, I'll take a, a, a cloth, a washcloth. I'll run it under real hot water and really kind of steam it up uh, that way too. And that way it kind of raises up the beard and everything. But um, my wife had found the other day a, uh, a new kind of, um, it's not necessarily a cream, but it comes out like a, almost like a, uh, comes out the consistency of, uh, not quite toothpaste, but almost like toothpaste. And what you do is it takes just a little dab and you can rub that. And I like that because it's, it's got a lot of moisturizers in it and it, uh, a little goes a long way. So you can get it on there, then you get your fingers wet and you kind of rub it around and stuff. And uh, it moisturizes your skin and that too. And then Brad was talking about during the winter time up there. Of course, I'm out here in Arizona, uh, and where I'm at, we don't really have the harsh winters. But what happens is, when it does get cold out here, it's so dry that a lot of people get real dry skin, and so you can get lots of, like I said, that razor burn and stuff like that. Um, the brand that we use, or that I use, or that my wife got for me uh, on that shaving stuff is called um let's see here let's see it is called uh it's from the body shop and it's um comes in like a uh, like a big tube type thing and it's it's called four men maca m-a-c-a root shave cream so maca root shave cream uh, i really like it uh the the downside to this is it can be kind of expensive the good thing to that is that my wife gets coupons and things all the time um, so it comes in like basically almost a four ounce tube. It's like 3.95 ounces, which I wonder if they did it that way, uh, to do with like the travel restrictions, how you can't have anything over four ounces. So, uh, but anyway, I know some places there's, they say it's, you can't be over three and some it's, a, it's maybe four. So, but I wonder if they did it for, for that reason, but I like that stuff a lot. Like I said, it's usually a little bit more expensive. I think it costs usually around maybe, I don't know, like $20 or something. And uh, my wife had got it, you know, it was a, a thing like buy such and such and you can get one of these things free. And so she got one tube of it and I actually liked it. And uh, I said, well, hey, if you can get some more of that stuff, you know, go ahead and get it for me. And uh, she told me, well, it costs this amount. And I said, well, forget it then. I'll, I'll just, it's too much money to pay just for shaving cream. 
but uh, she was able through uh, like a coupon. I think she got it for like two or three dollars or something. So uh, again, like I've talked about on previous shows, especially when some of their earlier shows, we talked about you know try not to ever buy anything if you can avoid it full price. You know if you can use a coupon, if you you know heck even if you can just get fifty cents off of it, it's better than paying full price. So. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff out there that you can get. You can take advantage of, um, uh, especially you know if your if your wife goes to those things a lot, and uh, you know you can try a couple of those things, and they may you know it may go a long way for you. And uh, that tube lasts me a pretty long time. And like I said, you you really can you can put out a size maybe about the size of a oh a dime or a nickel. Probably not even that much. More like a dime size. And then you take about half, rub it in, and then you take a little bit of water, rub it, and it kind of, it, it doesn't give a real strong lather, but it spreads out and it gets in pretty good. So uh, anyway, that's kind of my recommendation on the hygiene stuff. And you know what's funny? This is kind of a related thing, but when you, uh, oh, before I talk about that, um, you can also go onto YouTube, and there's a bunch of videos of guys uh, showing that head blade, so... Uh, and it's just head blade. You can type that into YouTube. It'll pop right up. Um, but anyway, getting back kind of the hygiene thing, and I'll talk about this a little, maybe in a little bit more depth on another show. Uh, we're starting to get a little bit long here. A lot of times, you know, when you see these videos or you see or you hear people talking about or listen to different podcasts about people are talking about their bug out bags and this and that, they never include any hygiene products or if they do you know they say well it's just a 72 hour bag so i'm not gonna take up my precious space with such and such well they don't ever talk about putting in like a little even like a little travel size thing of um, shaving cream and a little razor some people will talk about maybe having uh, you know a toothbrush or this or that but you know a lot of times let's say if you were stuck somewhere for about three days and if you did have in your little, and you, for whatever reason, you had your bug out bag with you, and uh, you're going to be stuck somewhere, and being able to take care of some of your hygiene it can go a long, long way. I know that uh, to making you feel, you know, a little bit more human. I know that when I've been out camping, sometimes uh, what I've done is I've taken extra water just for hygiene purposes. So I've, you know, I've, I've got my plan is I've got this amount of water. And I know that, uh, and of course, you know, for me, I, I having to carry the water because I'm out in Arizona, so a lot of the places I go to, you, there is no water. Uh, you're not going to find any water. There's not going to be anything around, so you got to bring it with you. Um, so I plan, I always take more than what I need, and then uh, for hygiene and stuff like that, that's kind of separate from the water that I would use for drinking and for cooking. Uh, so anyway... I, I, once I got in the habit of doing that, it's so nice to be able to um, boil up some water, dump it in, and you've got a nice warm, uh, you know, nice warm water that you can you can wash your face and shave with and stuff like that. And that goes a long way towards making you feel a lot more human. Go ahead and read out a uh, email that we got from Jens. Jens is our uh, friend over in Germany, and he sent us in an email. Uh, kind of catching up, uh, you know. He's he's uh, done quite a bit of stuff and sent in quite a bit of stuff for the show in the past. So it's always good to hear from Yins again. He's got some recommendation uh, for some books and things. I'm just going to go ahead and read the uh, 
uh, a part of his email. So he writes, uh, You wanted some recommendation regarding books, movies, and TV series. And as an avid reader and son of a former bookseller, I'm not sure where to start. If you like science fiction, beyond action and technology, you might like the works of Stanislaw Lim. Monster Hunter International and Monster Hunter Vendetta are some lighter horror-ish books for the gun enthusiast. Tom Holt's The Portable Door is the first of a series about a company dealing in magic. It's well written with a dry sense of humor. Lately I watched the TV series Sharp and I just ordered the DVDs. Uh, He says the description on Wikipedia is quite accurate. Um, Let's see, he was talking about some different movies. Um, He said if you like movies with uh, Jean Reno. And uh, for those of you guys that don't know, if you saw, there was a movie called The Professional. He was all—he's been in a ton of of uh, of movies. Uh, but anyway, he re- <coughs> excuse me, he recommends a, a movie called Wasabi. Uh, and then we talked a little bit about All Quiet on the Western Front. And the one uh, there's been a couple of versions of that. The one that I that I actually own, and I'm not—I can't remember if it's a Criterion edition or not. But it's uh, the one from the 1930s. And if you guys haven't seen that movie, that's one that I would recommend that you get either from Netflix or from uh, uh, the local video stores. A lot of times, though, like I've talked about in the past, you can find that stuff in the library. So anyway, uh, oh, before we move on, the Sharp series that he was talking about was the one out of England. I used to watch it on PBS, which is a local public broadcasting station here in the, uh, in the States. But uh, you can find, of course, the books uh, were written by a guy named uh, Bernard Cornwell. Really good author. There's another book by him uh, that I really liked called Stonehenge. Uh, so you guys might want to check that one out as well. It's time to whip out my pimpkin and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers. All right, now's the time in the show where I like to talk about... Uh, different websites or different uh, books or movies or um, different podcasts that I like to listen to that I think that you guys might get a kick out of or be interested in. The first one I want to talk about is a uh, one that I mention all the time on this show. It's a podcast that I really enjoy. It's the B-Movie Cast. If you guys like uh, a lot of the movies from anywhere from uh, basically the 20s, some of the silent era stuff all the way up to um, stuff from the 70s, even 80s, some of the exploitation things like that. They talk about a, a pretty wide variety. Mainly they try and deal with B-movies. Um, they occasionally do kind of go off on different uh, subject matter things that maybe wouldn't necessarily be considered a B-movie, but, you know, they, like I said, they cover a lot of stuff. You're going to hear about uh, a lot of different movies and things that uh, probably a lot of you haven't heard of they did a couple of shows not too long ago about uh, uh, the Santos movies which are like the Mexican wrestler the mass wrestlers the what are they called luchadors I think anyway a great show the hosts over there are uh, Vince Rotolo his wife Mary has joined uh, in the last few shows hopefully she'll be a staple over there also Nick Brown uh, as I've said before Nick's an author uh, and he has a book called Werewolf for Hire um, but all in all, just a real good, a fun show. There's a lot of audience participation, which I like a lot. So a lot of people send in emails and uh, will send in uh, voicemails and reviews and stuff for the show. So all in all, it's just a good, fun show to listen to. 
Uh, in fact, the uh, music that you're hearing play underneath all this stuff is uh, part of Vince's, one of his theme songs. So I threw that in. Uh, hopefully if Vince is listening, he'll recognize that music. Now there's another podcast that I listen to all the time and primarily it deals with movies. I've mentioned it before here on the show, uh, but the last episode that this guy did, whose name is Stephen Thompson, and his uh, movie podcast is called Just Another Fucking Movie Podcast, or uh, J-A-F-M-P. Now he did a interview with a uh, Medal of Honor recipient, a guy from World War II who's uh, obviously still alive, but he's about 85. And uh, it's an episode that I think is just a fantastic episode. Uh, the guy talks about when he, um, kind of how he got into the uh, into the uh, into the Marine Corps. Uh, kind of when he was a kid and, and then you know going and what happened sort of in World War II. The uh, Medal of Honor recipient is a guy named um, uh, Woody Williams. And uh, Woody served, of course, in Iwo Jima. And he gives, like I said, he gives sort of his, uh, his story of when he was you know a kid before he went into the service and then uh, up, up until he receives the, uh, uh, the Medal of Honor. So uh, again, it's a, a fantastic episode. If you go to uh, jafmp.com, it's episode 35. Uh, you can go over to his website and listen to it there. You can also find him on iTunes, and you can download it uh, through there. Um, uh, usually the language on, on Stephen's podcast, as the name of his his podcast would, uh, the name of a show would suggest that it's pretty salty language. The language is pretty free, um, but uh, with this one, uh, he he doesn't use any profanity, and part of that is out of uh, basically out of respect to uh, Mr. Williams. Uh, but again, just a fantastic, fantastic uh, interview with this guy. Um, you know, we're not uh, we're we're losing. Uh, almost all the people, all the veterans from World War II, uh, most of those guys are going to be, you know, at a minimum probably 85 to 90 years old if they're still alive. Uh, you know, guys that would have actually have served. There's still people around that, you know, were kids. But even those people are uh, during the war. They're they're in their upper 70s. You know, if they were, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old during that time. Uh, you know, the, the age where they could probably remember a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of those people are in their upper 70s and they're not going to be around anywhere. So I, I thought it was just a, um, just a fantastic show and one that's well worth listening. It's, uh, it's one that I'm actually going to save because, again, it's, uh, it's something uh, that's a, it's really a part of history that will soon, you know, soon be lost to us. So... Uh, other than that, I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Uh, again, if you guys want to contact the show, if you want to send something in, you got recommendations, things, even like other podcasts or things that you listen to, uh, feel free to send those in. Again, you can call me up at 206-339-3266. You can drop me an email or send me an mp3 at thearmedape at uh, gmail.com. Again, that's thearmedape at uh, gmail.com. Now, since the podcast went on a little bit longer than what we normally run, uh, I did want to play a song that I found that I really liked a lot. And uh, 
I put it at the end of the show, so if you want, you can go ahead and fast forward through it. Okay, monkeys, I'll talk to you next time.
today's podcast was provided courtesy of Jamendo. The artist was Tab. The song was Chasing Rabbits. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Poutini!